What does it look like to have a minimalish scrap stash? Well, it depends on your version of minimal and can definitely look different for everyone. In the last few years, I have started to realize that the more stuff I have to look through just to create something, the less creative I actually feel. So let's talk about five ways you can minimize your stuff to gain more creativity. Welcome to the Retro Hip Podcast, a show about home life, working smart, and being a crafty babe. Hi, I'm Andrea, and you probably know me online as Retro Hip Mama. I own Retro Hip Co., a company that runs on vintage-inspired creativity and a good mix of hustle and rest. I design and publish Retro Hip Magazine and create content to share as a reminder to women that our creativity is important and should take up space. I'm so excited to chat with you. Let's rock and roll. Have you experienced this too? The amount of stuff I have can be so overwhelming sometimes, hence why I purge so much. Not only is my space limited, but my brain is too. I can't keep up with the inventory anymore and that becomes a struggle. I don't really remember what I have and then I tend to gravitate only toward things I know I can find. So let's just say you want a more minimal scrappy stash. Here are some ideas and tips I have to start down this path. Number one, when buying digital kits, skip the stuff you won't use. Now, most digital kits offer their collection separately and in bundles. And I know the bundles are very appealing and can save you a couple of bucks. I totally get that. But consider what you'll actually use. Are you not a pocket scrapper? Well, then don't buy the pocket cards. Not willing to fussy cut the elements or set them up in your digital cutting machine? Skip them and just buy the papers and the cards. Same thing goes for printing. Even if you did buy the whole collection, only print the papers or cards that you're actually going to use. This means less stuff comes into your space, therefore less stuff you have to manage, find a home for, and dig through when you're trying to find stuff to use. Number two, give yourself containers and don't allow your product to overflow that space. This means less mess, less to sift through, which is kind of the running theme of kind of all of these tips. I've talked about my stamp bin probably a million times now, but it continues to be a good example. There's only room for so many stamps. The, the, the one in one out rule is kind of what I use because I don't want them to be too tightly packed or I can't even flip to the ones I need. I can't grab a stack and, you know, pull out, uh, you know, a chunk so that I can kind of sift through them. Uh, I only have so much space and then, you know, you just don't overflow that space. You don't uh, have stamps in multiple places. I mean, technically I do have stamps in multiple places, but that's a, a different topic <laughs> um, that actually is going to come up in the next tip. So number three is to keep a backstock section that's not located, you know, within your arm's reach. So the reason that I do this is so that I can switch my supplies out and keep my workspace stash small. So it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever did this with your kids or maybe you do it with your wardrobe. You know, we have seasonal wardrobes. Well, I always did this with my kids where I had kind of seasonal toys, but they weren't, you know, winter toys or summer toys, but they were toys that they didn't play with very often. I would put half their toys in a bin, put them away, and then, you know, I would 
switch their toys out or let them go through this new bin. And it felt like new toys, but they were their old toys. It's just that they had forgotten about them. So I do this with my stamps um, because it's just another example. It's actually the only thing I keep a back stock of that is kind of what I would consider offsite. Um, but it helps me to not keep all of my stamps on my desk and it helps me to remember what I have. And when I can go through my backstock, I always end up finding new, what feels like new stamps. Cause I just, you know, they feel new because I haven't used them in so long. So I actually talked about this in uh, a recent episode called the five items to purge. Uh, I keep a clear bathroom drawer organizer on my desktop to hold most of my stamps. Now there's a few sections so that I can store the different size stamps without everything getting mixed up, but it's just, it's just part of my stamp stash in my closet, which I don't have a, uh, I I'm in the dining room. I don't have like a room and a closet. I have the front closet, uh, of the house and I have a little Rascog card in there and I keep overflows of pictures that need to get stored away. Um, and, overflow of stamps. And when I'm, it does happen seasonally too, because, you know, I do keep like fall stamps in there. Like I have a couple of fall themed stamps that I don't keep on my desk regularly, but now that it's getting to be a little bit of a different season, I might actually go take a look through that backstash or a overflow or whatever you want to call it, backstock, and see what stamps really stick out to me. And then what I have to do is I have to pull out stamps from my current stash that I may not be using as much so that these new ones will fit. But it is super helpful because it does feel like you've maybe purchased a new stamp set or two. Um, I keep alphas and, you know, different kinds of date stamps, not like roller date stamps, but like calendarish stamp sets and things like that. So when I kind of get bored of what's going on on my desk, I have a little bit of a backstock. Hey babe, quick news break. Do you love Retro Hip Magazine and need more Retro Hip in your life? Do you like getting exclusive stuff? Girl, join the Crafty Babe crew. It's our monthly membership designed to deliver the digital magazine, cheaper than in the shop, exclusive printables and videos from me, and a private community, plus major discounts in my shop on magazines, subscriptions, and digital items. Pop over to retrohip.co slash membership to see what it's all about. We love to have you join the crew. Number four, set a budget and stick to it. <laughs> then the big part is use what you purchase. <laughs> this is something that's new to me. For years of being on design teams, I hardly ever paid for any product. And now, years later, I still want to support my favorite companies each month, but it adds up pretty quick. So I have a set budget for myself, and I've listed out the companies that I will consistently buy from. And if it's within that budget, I don't feel guilty. I mean, it is my job, and it is my hobby. I don't feel guilty about making purchases or about having things. But sometimes the guilt comes from the fact that I can't use all the products that I buy and I wish that I could. 
So I do leave a little bit of wiggle room for a fun stamp set now and then, or maybe a new Distress Oxide color. But ultimately, I am kind of sticking with trying not to be as influenced as I have been in the past. I love supporting my small business creators and you know, that is just something that kind of comes with the territory of being in this industry where we are supportive of each other and we like fun, crafty things. And that's just, you know, kind of part of what what we do. But trying to hold back and not necessarily um, just buy things on impulse. And that is what the budget has kind of done for me is helps me not just oh, let me just buy that. And then, you know, you're just buying that and you're just buying that and then you're just buying that. And now you've spent a hundred dollars <laughs> and, you know, you're like, oh, now I have to do something with all of this stuff. So that's what setting a budget has done for me. And number five, decide on one brand of a product like paints or stamp pads so that they're easy to store and you don't end up with duplicates or multiple storage situations. Let's use ink pads for example. I know that different ink pads do different things, so I'm not saying you can only buy one type, but if you're like me and you pretty much only use them for stamping, then maybe you just select one brand that you reach for the most and you just build on that collection. So in my scrap area, the only thing I use is Distress Oxides. And because I've chosen to just go with one brand, I know exactly how they can be stored. I know how much room I have for them because they're all the same size, because it's predictable. So for me, I'm not tempted by other ink pads when I'm, you know, at Hobby Lobby or scrapbook.com. So it cuts down again on that impulse buying. And when you're talking about minimalist, you know, what that looks like or feels like for you, how does that work into how you manage what you have? How do you keep track of all of your stamp pads and all the colors that they are? And, and, you know, it just, can you manage, manage that? If you can, totally cool. Maybe paints aren't something you want to manage. Maybe you just want to have one set of watercolors, you know, that kind of thing. So what area might be a difficult area for you or something that's frustrating when you go to organize it? or when you go to look for it, think about what might be a problem and then maybe try to minimal, minimalize or minimize just that one area, see how it works. This episode was inspired by an article in issue number 17 of Retro Hip Magazine that I wrote. Uh, there I had a small list of five ways, these five ways, to have a minimal stash, but it also came with a fun little supplies checklist. So if you are curious about what tools and supplies a minimal scrapper has and doesn't have, uh, and you love printables and mid-century vibes, uh, definitely check out issue number 17. The digital magazine is in my shop at retrohip.co slash shop, along with a couple of coordinating add-on printables. Uh, so if you are down for that, you can use code RETROHIPPOD, that's R-E-T-R-O-H-I-P-P-O-D for 10% off your digital order. Thank you guys so much for being here. We will talk soon. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Retro Hip Podcast. If you like the show and the stuff we chat about, please consider subscribing and leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. 
You can also screenshot and share the episode you're listening to so other babes can join the conversation. You can also hang out with me on Instagram at RetroHipMama because, well, I'm there a lot. And you can also join my email list. As an email subscriber, I keep you updated monthly on all things RetroHipCo and you get a fun RetroHip magazine sampler when you sign up. Head over to RetroHip.co slash news. Thanks for listening.